Please be advised that the following episode of Scream Queens contains frank discussion of the topics of rape, emotional abuse, and eating disorders. This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified. Unique. Voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Hello. My name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! Hello again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 310, and tonight, the celebration of Women in Horror Month continues because we are taking a look at the film Swallow. And to do that, we're going to be joined by two very special guests, out and proud filmmaker Alan Rowe Kelly and brand new guest from the Movie Go Round podcast, Nicole Davis. And also, we're going to have a sit-down with the Scream Queens Featured Artist of the Month, the creator of the Femmes of Fright and the brains behind Evil Goods Design, Casey Lohman. But first, before we go a single step further, please allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and for the past 11 years, I have been your guide through the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But I'm going to make you see them through my very, very gay little eyes. Boo-ha! Yippee-ki-yay! Mother hoo-ha! Mother hoo-ha! I got nothing. Okay. So, as I'm recording this, Texas is still very much in the dark and very, very cold. So, to all of my listeners out there who are suffering... My heart goes out to you, and and my warmest thoughts. Hang in there. I hope the lights come on soon, and I hope the heat comes on even sooner. Also, I wanted to say thank you to everybody who reached out after the last episode, after the last Girl Standing episode. People were concerned about me, and I appreciate that. Let me say that getting that episode out was incredibly difficult. It was hard to sit down and, and edit and listen to and just work on. Because that whatever block I was carrying around had all that pent up emotion got attached to that movie. And once it was uploaded and out there and you guys listening to it, for some reason, I felt better than I had in weeks. I started to feel like myself again, which was great. Then the impeachment started to happen and uh, the impeachment trials, I should say. And I've kind of slipped back. Not into that freaky Paranoid, everybody's out to get me, the end is near, sort of thing. But I'm I'm kind of back in my old last year pandemic ways where I'm just hate scrolling all day and I can't watch horror movies and I'm not sleeping right. It's I guess you know, just the image of the former occupant of the White House on my TV all the time is just causing anxiety. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? But we got through it once, we'll get through it again. No worries there. And no worries right now because I am very happy to have been able to sit down and have a conversation with Casey Lohman from Evil Goods Design, the Scream Queens featured artist for Women in Horror Month over at the Scream Tees Merchandise Shop. Yeah, yeah, it's not just podcast logos. No, I've been I've been curating designs from the T Public collection that I thought fit the Scream Queens aesthetic. You know, a little bit campy, a little bit naughty, a little bit freaky, and a whole lot of cats. When I stumbled across Evil Goods, and Casey's 
Femmes of Fright Design. I talked about them last time, and now we're going to talk to Casey about them. So without any further ado, I am so proud to introduce for the first time to the Screen Queen's microphone. She is the featured artist for Women in Horror Month. She is the creator of the Femmes of Fright and provides the world with evil goods. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, please put your hands together for Casey Lawman. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm so excited to talk to you too, Casey. I love your work. I cannot emphasize that enough. Wow, thank you so much. I, I love it when people respond to it because it's just like my little pro like passion project that I just adore doing. Excellent. Here's the whole thing. Here's the whole thing. I've spent 11 to 12 years working on this show. And the whole gist of it like when I started was that I am inviting people to look at horror movies in a different way through someone else's eyes. And what you've done with this Femmes of Fright line is just that. You've reinterpreted them in your own way, still paying complete respect to the original things, but adding new dimensions to them. And I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so Casey, now there's enough about me babbling about how great you are. Tell us about you. Where are you in this crazy world? Uh, I'm in Fayetteville, Arkansas. It's like the northwest corner of Arkansas. Wow. And I see that you got hit by the snow. Yep. There's a little bit of snow outside. Since you've been the featured artist, particularly for the Femmes of Fright, what was your inspiration for picking these, you know, for reimagining all these fabulous women in heart? Uh, you know, I am such a horror fan, have been since I was just a little kid. Um, and uh, I just watch horror movies constantly, which I'm sure you and your audience can completely go with. I have um, no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Well, it kind of started with, I watched A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, one of my <laughs> all-time favorite films. When I first saw it, I couldn't get it out of my head. And I kept thinking about that character, and I was like, I just want to draw this this woman and like this boiled down way to where it's all simplicity and just the essence of the character with as little detail as possible. And I did it and I got, I got a ton of like reaction to this illustration. And I was like, this is awesome. I didn't even realize because it was right when it came out for the American audiences or whatever, like when, sure. when we see it and the reaction was just so positive. Uh, and it dawned on me, why don't I just do these women that I'm passionate about that just like really move me in horror movies doesn't matter how obscure in the same style and just try to boil them down to the simplest ingredients, try to watch the whole movie, put some hidden stuff in there, stuff that really boils it down to what I feel the character truly is. And yeah. so I just kept doing it. It was just, just for me really at first and people have been responding to it well. So that, that makes me super happy. So as well, you should be, I love them. It's one of the, one of the things I, I I've said repeatedly when I'm talking about it on the show is that even though you boil them down to their bare essence, there's a sense of whimsy and play to them, but they don't lose their menace either. By by stripping things down, you actually add another layer to them, which is yeah. fascinating. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> like, like, just take, for instance, Pamela, Mrs. Voorhees. Oh, yes. I love her, like, her face, like, totally sums up 2020. She's like, ah! <laughs> and in no way am I belittling what you're saying. Her mouth has got that cur downward curve, you know, like that, that semicircle curve, which reminds me of Charlie Brown cartoons when they go, ah! <laughs> no, that I, that totally makes sense. I wanted to look her crazed. 
which is the whimsy, but then she's got those dead blank white <laughs> eyes, which are terrifying. So it's this wonderful combination of menace and whimsy, and I love it. I love it. I love it. I love that I found all of my favorites. Like, like I'm wearing my Mary Lou t-shirt right now. I don't know if you noticed, because uh, I'm a yes. Mary Lou girl. So Mary Lou yeah. Who isn't a Mary Lou girl, really? <laughs> but we're not getting into politics. But <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So what are some of your favorite horror movies? I mean, I think I could pick some just from the from your collection, but just, I'd like to. Oh, yeah, you probably, you probably could. I mean, my all-time favorite is Rosemary's Baby. Like, it hooked me from when I was younger. Um... I love House of the Devil. I just saw one uh, recently, and I just flipped. I don't know if you've seen Amulet yet. Yes. Ugh. Yes. I need to rewatch that because I said, I said I don't really understand it, but I think it's okay that I under, don't understand it because it's really scary anyway. Yes, I want to watch it again too. I, I've been there's some certain ones I get so intimidated to draw that I love so much, and like I mean, but I I just love all the weird like you know slow burn. If there's an occult in there, I'm into it, you know. Um, but oh, ah, what else? I've got so many that it's it's even hard. A girl walks home alone, and that is obviously one of them. Um, mm-hmm. I love Under the Skin, Raw, Cam blew my mind on Netflix. Cam. Dude. Not the movie I expected it to be at all. Nope. It respected women in a way I didn't expect it to. Because, I, I mean, I went into it thinking, I don't know about this one. And it was yeah, just like. Exa- exactly. It just it seems like your basic made for direct-to-video sleaze fest. But and it was it. Yeah. It no. No, I love a movie that I still, after all these years, I love a movie that can still take me by surprise. Yes, so, absolutely. Have you always been artistically inclined? Is that always, always been a thing? It really has. Like, even growing up as a kid, I used to, like, sit in class and draw on my jeans with a Sharpie. I always knew I wanted to go into art. Yeah, I just had, like, this pair of jeans that I just covered in drawings. I've always drawn. I got in trouble for drawing in class. I moved into, like, for a career, I work at a t-shirt company. I do, like, custom illustration, and I've done graphic design for a long time. So it just has always been the clear path for me. I am always envious of anyone who is skilled at the visual arts. Because that I, I'm a performing artist, you know, give me singing, dancing, all that stuff that I can do. Give me a pen and a pencil. I can't uh, stick figures come out looking terrible. What is that? What is that? Oh, it's, oh, it's a stick figure. Good, Patrick. Good. So, yeah. So I'm always impressed by that. Yeah. <laughs> but clearly you don't get it. Exactly. See, it's all about the confidence. Just throw it's this the confidence. new movement. You probably haven't heard about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, say, Kay, since you've been a lifelong horror fan, did you ever get into trouble for liking horror movies going on? Did you ever <laughs> that sort of a thing? Like, I, because I, I know I have had people on the show before that's like, I would get in trouble for doodling in class, like some something from a horror movie, and all of a sudden I'd be in the principal's office. And my parents would be called, like, your like child that. worships Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was already so weird growing up. My parents just thought it was just another thing. Like, so uh, we would go on sleepovers. Like, when I was in third grade, we did sleepovers and watched all the Freddy Krueger movies. And the only time I got in trouble was when one of my friend's moms realized that's what we were up to, you know? Uh, but otherwise, I was. My Mary sale. Ellen was up all night with nightmares because of that Casey <laughs> Loman. Yep. <laughs> I don't think you should see that Casey girl anymore. Something wrong with her. Yeah, yeah, I know that they one well. They could be right. They could be right. Hands up for being a bad influence. <laughs> yeah. High five, high five, high five, high five virtually. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, since it is Women in Horror Month, what what are some of your favorite like women helmed 
films. You know, you mentioned Girl Walks Home at Night. Anything yes. else popping out? Oh, women directed movies. All right. Let me cheat and look at my like. I mean, Lucky this year blew my mind. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Not um, yet. Yeah, I I jumped I, in on I, the I, night you know, with, with the whole pandemic thing. Movies this year just kind of got lost on my end because I could I had to stop watching horror movies for a long time because I couldn't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fun when this is your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New horror movies. All the horror movies were fine because I knew everybody was gonna be. I knew who was gonna die, so I wasn't gonna be upset by anything. So. Yeah. Oh, I well, yes. I mean, this year is challenging for a horror film uh, like Lover because it's just like. But um, Saint Maud just blew my mind. Oh my god, I just watched that. On my list, but it looks like a downer, so I'm gonna I'm pushing that one down the line a bit. I'm gonna have to be in a mood for that one. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a safe statement. Let's see, let me think of some photos. Oh, Satanic Panic. Oh my god, like that movie. Uh, I drew like four girls from I have four women from that movie. I just I I don't know. Chelsea Stardust blows my mind. I will watch everything she ever puts out, and I'll just fan heart. Like fan art her entire career. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good one. That's a good one. Directed by our buddies over by our buddies over at Attack of the Queer Wolf. Oh yes, oh yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm. They're just gonna get so much fan art from me. They won't know what to do with it, or they may not see it either. Her like, again? Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, but the thing is, you don't just do Femmes of Fright. You, this is just like one part of your collection that I obsessed over. You know, tell us about what else is in your collection. Like, what what other things inspire you? I mean, I just really like doing kind of just strange illustrations on the side. I do a lot of just like sometimes nature stuff with a little bit of a touch of something weird. You know, I kind of live out in the country a little bit and I like to like sort of hike and then just draw cool stuff like that. I love doing I my main source of income a lot of times on freelances. I do a lot of branding work, logos and stuff like that. I really enjoy that, too. Uh, I like to like diversify as much as possible with graphic art, basically, like illustration. Off the rail question. But since you were in Arkansas, many, 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 many moons ago, I was on a, a working with the touring Shakespeare company, and we were passing through Arkansas, and we stopped at a restaurant off the side of the highway that was the home of the Throat Rolls. Oh, that's a Missouri place. Yeah. Oh, I've, story? Okay. All right. I can't I'm remember Missouri, the name of that sorry. place. A, a girlfriend of mine took me out there with her parents. One of my most awkward dates ever. But yes, <laughs> that place. Is... <laughs> oh, oh, so you're family. I'm family. Oh, yes. <laughs> I thought it would be rude to ask, but yay. I always yes. find them. I can smell them out from their art. Yes. <laughs> well, hello, sister. <laughs> we should always celebrate oh. finding fam. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Oh man. Oh gosh, that made me very happy. But anyway, that is that. You know what? That is much more exciting than me ever finding that restaurant again that had the home of the throw rolls. <laughs> <laughs> How did they pitch that idea? They're like, um, okay, so let's just be mean and throw rolls at people, and like that's going to be the thing. We'll play ragtime music, so no one, everyone will think it's adorable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. It has been such an honor to meet you and, and be, be exposed to this wonderful world of art that you have and to actually tie tie in to Women in Horror Month in a different way than most people think about. You know, everybody's thinking movie art, but graphic art yeah. as well. And these are fabulous. And I cannot thank you enough for sharing them with the world and with me. Uh, I just thank you so much for reaching out to me. It's so cool to meet you. And like, it just whenever anybody like appreciates my artwork, it just means the world to me and just hearing from everybody because I do this at 
clear labor of love passion for all these films and like to get noticed and then you hit me up. I mean, it means a lot to me and it's so cool to to meet other awesome family horror fans, you know? It's awesome. Yay! Thank you so much for joining me. Continue to stay off awesome, keep doodling, and happy Women in Horror Month. Happy Women in Horror Month. All right, that was super cool. Thank you once again to Casey for coming on the show and telling us all about herself and about her art. I loved every second of that. And if you want to check out Casey's art, The Femmes of Fright, and all of her work over at Evil Goods, you can do that by going over to bit.ly slash Femmes of Fright. That will take you to the Scream Queen store and the five Femmes of Fright illustrations that we are featuring this month. And right there, there'll be also a link to take you over to Evil Goods Design so you can see all of Casey's work. Yeah! I highly recommend you do that because it is fab you Now, you probably noticed that that interview sounded kind of funky. That's because we didn't use Squadcast. We had to use Skype like we were animals. Unfortunately, we also had to use Skype for this upcoming session on Swallow. Fortunately, the audio quality is a lot better than it was for the Casey interview, so it's not as so bad. It's not as so bad. It could have been better had we used Squadcast, but it's not as so bad. Something I want to say before we get started, this session was recorded before I released Last Girl Standing, so I am still incredibly uneasy and on pins and needles because much like Last Girl Standing, Swallow also was, it reflects a lot of my deepest fears, and it's actually those fears are actually tied into the same fears about Last Girl Standing. Last Girl Standing stirred up all the stuff about demons from my past coming back to kill me, specifically this uh, this HIV disease that I've had for the past 20 years. Unfortunately, that was being all reflected in real-life situations where my insurance company wasn't going to pay for my meds anymore, and it was going on for weeks, and it was terrible, and it was freaking me out. Swallow, on the other hand, deals with emotional abuse. And as many of you know, I survived an emotionally abusive relationship. The reason I was in an emotionally abusive relationship in the first place is because I got into it while I was still in recovery from being ill. I learned to talk properly again. I was walking okay. And I've said many times I had to get out of that house. If I did not get out of my house, I was going to die there. My parents were, my family was not taking care of me in the way I needed to be taken care of. It was smothering me. I said, I have to get out of here. And I was going to go with anybody who let me in. And it was somebody who took me in and said, you're going to be just fine. You're fine. I can help you walk again. I can help you talk again. Oh, you're not sure you're going to be able to act anymore? That's okay. You can come and say everything was going to be fine. And then before you know it, bam, I was stuck in the web. So this movie is also reflecting a lot of my deep-seated fears. So buckle in. It's going to get crazy again. The other thing I wanted to say is that my Women in Horror Month presentation has not gone according to plan. Basically because of all these screw-ups in my life and the fears and things were preventing me from getting the shows at a time. You know, I had to skip an episode and then I had to bump Last Girl Standing up to it. it was Last Girl Standing was not supposed to be a Women in Horror Month selection. It was supposed to be the gateway to Women in Horror Month. And then Swallow would start and then I would switch over to Black History Month. But of course, none of that has gone as planned and I wound up putting up two films that were directed by men. Before you come at me, I would just like to point out that the director of Swallow, Carlo Mirabella Davis, is gender fluid. I mistakenly said last episode that when he directed Swallow, he was presenting as female, but now he presents as male. 
That was not true. He was presenting his mail at the time. He's still presenting his mail, but he did live as a woman for two whole years in the early 2000s, and we'll get into that in the show. So don't at me. Trans women are women, and it counts. All right, just stop yelling at me. Okay, everybody just stop yelling at me. Just sit back. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Good. Now sit back, relax, and let's listen to the trailer for Swallow. Do I make you happy? I'm the happiest man in the whole world. I feel so lucky. You're not mad at me? Mom, we're pregnant. About what? I just want to make sure I'm not doing anything wrong. You couldn't do anything wrong, even if you tried. So what did you do for money before you met my son? Retail, mostly. A lucky break. I'm just real grateful. Fake it till you make it. Are you happy? Or are you pretending to be happy? it make you feel when you swallow something? I just like the textures in my mouth. It made me feel in control. In control. Uh, I'm right here. I just wanted to make you happy. You get back here with my kid! I did something unexpected today. So joining me on this very first episode where we're kicking off Women in Horror Month, I've got not one but two very special guests. One is the gender-bending filmmaker that you met last June who created Tales of Poe and Far Cry from Home. And the other is the co-host of a podcast that dares you to take a ride on their movie go-around. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and my GNCs, wherever you may be, please put your hands together and welcome to the Scream Queen stage, Alan Roe Kelly and Nicole Davis! Hello, Patrick. Hey, hello. Hello. Welcome. Happy February. Happy slowy, snowy, slushy, gross-ass February. Yeah, all three feet of it. <laughs> yes. So, Alan, how are you? How has the winter been treating you? What has been going on with you since last June when we last talked? Oh, quite a bit. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, it was a long summer, and um, and my dad died. So oh, that was, you that. know, that was one of those things. That took up most of the summer and everything. So he passed away in September, and... Um, just, you know, getting back into everything again. I miss him a lot. Yeah, you know, understandable. It's a tough time, to but it. he was 91, though, you know, oh. so great, long, long life, you know. Yeah. But even at that point, too, you just want more of it. 
Sure, sure. Yeah, sure, I absolutely. miss them a lot, but you know, it, it, it's going to be a good year. No. It's got to be a good year. It's it better be. I'm going to kick someone in the ass if it's not. Not you, Nicole it. Davis. I will not be kicking Nicole Davis in your ass. Now, Nicole Davis, this is your first time to Scream Queens podcast. Before we go a step further, why don't you tell us what goes on over at the movie go round? I would love to say that it's all some sort of master plan, this go round idea that we had. But mainly it was because we wanted to be able to do like a huge variety of things. So we have new to two when we have future classics and we have Netflix roulette and we have around the world and then we have one that our audience picks and usually they're mean, but occasionally they're nice. And so we're, we're always hoping for another, what we do in the shadows, but last one we put out was cats. So mm. that <laughs> tends to be how it goes. It sounds yes, like and the a question, lot of fun. The question that's burning on everyone's mind, is the Catwoman episode ever coming out or was it just so bad? Yes, <laughs> I promise it will come out. Unfortunately, our wonderful co-host, producer, editor, uh, Brett, works at a uh, food delivery service company. Mm. And golly, but their business has been doing remarkably well lately. So he has been quite busy. I would just like to be sure that I didn't watch Catwoman for nothing because, man. Absolutely not. <laughs> Your man, sacrifice is not in vain. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'll never forget that it wasn't you that did that to me. It was them. That's right. They picked it. They picked that. <laughs> they did it to us. And much like tonight, I've inflicted this movie upon you, the movie Swallow. Uh, Alan. Yes. Since you're the veteran of the show, we have a little tradition here at Scream Queens headquarters that you have not been forced to participate in in the past. Because <laughs> you've been here as an Shit. interviewee. <laughs> I need you tight. 30 seconds. Back of the DVD cover plot summary of Swallow. Don't give me the whole story, but pitch me that script like I'm an executive in an elevator. You have 30 seconds. The clock starts now. Okay, we're probably going to do a film in the uh, in the vein of a sort of, um, oh, jeez, I can't think, Roman Polanski, kind of Diary of a Mad Housewife, matched with sort of a slight bit of a Cronenberg type of body horror issues. Put it together, Swallow. <laughs> That was so awful. I can't <laughs> believe it. That was so it's terrible. It's not just a title. It's a command. It's well, a command. <laughs> <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> oh, honey, that's not the worst that's happened when I make oh people do God. this. Some people just stand there and, blah, 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 and just flop like a fish, which is great for audio. But no, that was great. Nicole Davis, do you have any, any plot holes that you would want to fill in? If you have another 30 seconds, what would you say, Nicole Davis? Go, clock starts now. Oh, this lovely young bride uh, has married into a family that she didn't realize was quite so emotionally controlling. And uh, as they tighten down their hold on her, she begins uh, swallowing more and more unusual objects uh, as her pregnancy hormones have created Time. compulsion. Oh. Time. Well done. Well done. I'm sold. I'll watch that. <laughs> hey, hey, Alan, you brought in the big names. <laughs> you brought Roman Polanski and everybody, and she but gave you me. You know, it did. It really did me hit grizzly. me. It did hit me a lot. Like I was getting a real feeling of like from repulsion. Yeah, with Catherine Deneuve. I got a lot of that. I was getting even the like Diary of a Mad Housewife a little bit from the seventies. Mm-hmm. That was classic. It didn't go anywhere I expected it to go. Not at all. Which Not at all. I was really pleased about. I, I just thought it was going to turn into a really gruesome thing and it was and it was gruesome and every time i anticipated the worst they let me off which was which was good which was good because it's like mission accomplished 
that was my exact same reaction. I went in expecting a completely different movie. I was expecting a gross out movie on oh, what's she gonna say? Ah, oh, oh, oh my god. This and, is and just gross. to have everything lined up like trophies on her vanity table. And her little was just like so wild. It's like one accomplished, two accomplishment, three accomplishment. Yeah, little you know, just the poor thing, she's such an empty vessel in this movie. Yeah. You know, you know and, it's not that kind of movie. And it was even, yeah. it was like even like 45 minutes in where she t- started scooping through the toilet. I'm like, oh, she's going to start eating poop. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I was afraid of I, that, I too. seriously thought that, too. <laughs> You're wrong. It's actually something much better, but also much worse. I'm going to yes. kill him. <laughs> no, no, but no, no, no. It was, it was a surprise of a movie. It went nowhere. Exactly what you said. It went nowhere I expected. And people are even debating whether or not it's a horror movie, even though it's billed as one. Hmm. It's definitely an emotional horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a macabre drama. It's definitely got a lot of things going on. I mean, there are monsters uh, in this movie. Kind of a thriller, kind of a thriller, but not in the thrill sense. You know, it's it's hard to pinpoint it. It really is. Two words. Haley Bennett. Oh, so as Hunter. What a performance. But did she also write this? Um, what else? Did, I, did she also have something to do with the screenplay or I'm not sure about the screenplay, but I know she was an executive producer on it. Oh, OK. All right. Yeah. All right. Wow. Wonderful layered performance. And just from the first frame of the movie, like I love a movie that where the where the film itself tells you stories like each frame of the film is like, oh, I ex- know exactly what's going on. I know exactly you're telling me something with her standing on that balcony with the plexiglass. And just on the other side, it, there's all this fog and it just looks like there's nothing. Well, There's all the all, all the shots were so interesting. As as I'm thinking about it now, and thinking about her personality and her character, how she's always part of the shot. There's a lot of negative space being used. She'll yeah. be in piece of it into or in a um in a reflection of it, but it's not really her all the time. Yeah. Very interesting way to you know in this very in this very cold, cold, cold world and environment. It's really cool to watch. It had a really cool sort of. Oh, what like the early French films had, like the the, the mm. new age, the new age style of filmmaking. I just really thought it was in that vein. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, beautiful well, to look wears, at. When she's, I noticed when she's around her husband and her in laws, she tends to wear these very washed out, drab colors. But when she's by herself in the home, she brings out the emerald greens and the deep purples and the and the rich and the red. morning the morning glory yellow that keeps coming back. Mm. They, 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 they kind of signal early on, like when she's doing something she likes, she's got that canary yellow, primary yellow somewhere on her body. And the first time when she eats that thumbtack, oh. they, they cut to her right afterwards where she stripped down to her, her, her panties and her bra. And it's that yellow. I'm like, that's her. This is the first time like she's come out. You know what else was twisted, too, is the sound design. Because at the beginning, everything you're hearing in her head was doubled. If you notice on the soundtrack. Yes. Yes. Her husband would speak to her and they reverbed all of it. Everything she was hearing all the way up to the one point where he brought his buddies home and the one guy comes in and gets, can I have a hug? Oh, but but here's the strange part about that. Here's the strange. I know that was the creepiest scene, but at the same time, that's the first time in the film where the soundtrack stopped doubling everything. You know, she suddenly, she suddenly got normal. With this guy, and I thought it was going to lead to something else, but it didn't. Obviously, oh. it meant something even deeper in her character. But it was yeah, yeah I, that was one thing I noticed in the beginning. I thought was amazing. It's like everything she hears is in doubles. She's not, I did not hearing catch straight. That. Yeah, uh, it sounds like it would be worth a watch through again with headphones on. Definitely, definitely. Okay. 
but what I find fascinating is this prison that she's in, this glorious house that she's in. That is, it's like a terrarium yeah. that's oh. cut her off, cut her off from the rest of the world for her to grow into what they want her to be. Nicole, can you tell us about her house, please? It's beautiful and it's modern and there's glass everywhere and there's wood paneling, but it's classy wood paneling. It's like it's real wood polished to a glow, a warm glow, but they're, you know, floor to ceiling window walls. And it's just, there's no, there's no privacy. There's no personality to it really. I mean, there's some books and there are some tchotchkes here and there. But you know, no one's ever read any of those books ever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't there because of what color the book jackets were. Right. They went with the carpet together. Yeah, it's that kind of a house and it's that kind of a family. She's when we meet her, she is Doris it's a tough, Yes. Yes, but kind like of. want a, a Stepford wife in the making. Oh yeah. Yeah, like she's just a piece of furniture. Yeah. Basically. It's ha- a terrible put- thing to say, but she's just furniture in this film, you know? So no, this like, beautiful Frank Lloyd Rice home and she's just part of the accessories. Um one of the things that I learned during theater when we do like Victorian works is that there was this, there would be pages of script and things from that area and that era where the women would just wait where nothing would happen until a man came along. (laughs) That's where she is like all the time. She's just always, she's when her husband's not around, she's just waiting. She's playing her games. She's vacuuming with her, with her heels on like a good separate wife, (laughs) but she's just in this constant state of waiting, 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 waiting. And then when her husband comes home, now she's alive. Now I'm a person and it's just awful. And he, Oh gosh, and her Richie, and he doesn't care, and it's uh, he acts like he cares. He pretends he cares. He maybe he even thinks he cares, but he doesn't care. None of that. None of that. You go, Alan. No, I just found that strange with his character because it was so, it was so schizophrenic through the whole film. At first, you kind of thought, oh, he seems like a cool boy. He was very nice at times. You thought he really meant it, and then Mm, other times, and other times, not there. That's the trap. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's you know. Vapid good looks. That's about it. I said before we started that I unintentionally have picked these movies to put in a row during this time period of my life that I'm at a real low and all these movies are playing at what's really bothering me. Mm -hmm. And this family is my family. And I was in an emotionally controlling relationship. So that that guy totally nails what that's about. I'm always oh, showering wow. you with compliments. I was showering with you compliments. Everything's great. You're beautiful. You're perfect. But it's always for a reason. It's just to control you into doing exactly what I want you to do without you seeing that I'm doing it. And mm-hmm. that's what this guy is a master at. This whole family is. And it's terrifying to watch. For me anyway. Right. I was just like, that's my life. I was that I was her. I was her for a while. And I didn't see I didn't even know it was happening. And she's fine and she's wonderful and she's approved of until she shows that she has a mind and emotions of her own. What I thought was fascinating about this movie in its own right is that it deals with the whole disease of pica. Could one of you tell me what that is? Uh, that – oh, I'm sorry. Nicole, you go. As I know, <laughs> I she did a ton of research. <laughs> she went down the rabbit hole. Like, so, yeah. I, well, also, I, you know, I've been pregnant twice. So, oh, yeah. Um, Pica is a condition that some pregnant women develop where they get this compulsion to consume things that aren't food. And it's most often things like earth or chalk or, um, you know, there's a theory that it's because your body is craving particular minerals or things that you're not getting in your diet. Uh, But no one knows for certain at this point. 
And, uh, you know, I myself never, I never had it, although I did have cravings for McDonald's milkshakes and given the cellulose content, it true. could be argued that those aren't food. Th- those could be um, made out of rocks. True. Too, Styrofoam. Too. Styrofoam. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. But, so she, uh, but yeah, what I thought was so interesting, she develops, she develops this condition where she's swallowing things that have no nutritional value that are potentially harmful and they get bigger and bigger, yes. more dangerous and dangerous. And instead in its own weird way, instead of this, in another movie, the disease or the condition would be villainized. And this, it's her way out. Right. It's her first Something step into finding herself. Yeah. Like at no point, it's like, and now I've, I've kicked it. No, it's just like this until she finally gets her shit together. It's a really creepy way to look at it. You know how I, I took it almost in a sense because of the past year we've all had to live through mm. that we've all had to swallow so much shit on a regular mm. basis for the past four years. That, that is also true. In a sense, and none of it is healthy. I, I, it, none of it was healthy. All of it had to be exercised, you know, one way or another. So in a sense, I was taken as like, you know, we, we, we were able to swallow that one, swallow this one, swallow another, you know, crock of shit. And it's just, it came out across very much as how a lot of us are feeling today too. Very insecure. We don't know who we are anymore, you know, and now we're just slowly edging back into whatever society is going to be from now on. Yeah. I have never had, I've never dealt with anyone who had this dealt with this uh, particular condition, but over the years working in theater, I have dealt with a lot of young women with eating disorders. Uh, bulimia, anorexia, relatives with it. And the one thing that th- that they all had in common was somebody in their life that was excessively controlling. And I've heard some doctors say that this sometimes this eating disorder thing is about regaining control, getting I'm controlling this. I, everything else is out of control, but I've got this. This is something I just did that. It's mine. I did it. I have a secret. I'm in control of that. No one else can have it. It's mine. And so I went in with that knowledge. And so I don't know, maybe I said, yeah, this actually all fits because she is not in control of her life, poor thing. Right. And it's typically after some sort of um, controlling move from her husband or his parents that she'll go and find something else to swallow. Yeah. And I mean, it's not just she's not just swallowing these things. She's she's swallowing her emotions. She's swallowing her rage. Yeah. I'm just looking at my notes. <laughs> There's so many notes. I'm just not sure where to go with her. There's so many. Uh, oh, I know. I've got about five pages worth of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. It's still <laughs> sinking into me now, even just yeah. like an hour after. It's just like the oh, scene. Wait, wait, wait. The scene with the mother-in-law in the living room was yeah. so horrific for me, even though nothing frightening happens in it, because that is so my family, and that's so my family's living room. The living room that we only bring guests into to make them feel intimidated. Oh, the one that's Fifty Shades of Ecru. Fifty Shades of Ecru, don't touch anything. Everything in here is really expensive. Mm-hmm. We're only in here to make you feel really uncomfortable and inferior. And we're going to have conversations that make sure that you feel uncomfortable and inferior. So what did you do for money before you met my son? Retail. Mostly. <laughs> Selling things in a <laughs> shop? Yeah. Selling what? <laughs> Toiletries, <laughs> bubble bath, <laughs> body wash, soap. Lucky break, you're meeting my son. <laughs> yeah. I would go to these illustration job um, advertising interviews, and, and it wasn't like they were going to hire me anyway. 
I'm just real grateful to Richie and you guys for providing me some solid ground to stand on, you know? Plus, I have so much free time now for drawing and whatever. The best advice anyone ever gave me was fake it till you make it. Are you a faker or have you made it? I'm sorry? Are you happy or are you pretending to be happy? I'm happy. You know, he looks so much better with long hair. He would look so pretty with long hair. You should grow it out. Richie likes his girls with long, beautiful hair. Fuck off. Oh, 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 oh. When she said that, when she says Richie likes his girls with long, beautiful hair, I was like, oh, girl, run. Change the locks at a minimum. You know, get this woman out of your house. Yeah, mommy knows things. That's like, that's so creepy. That's so creepy. (laughs) Yeah, and mommy knows that you're only here to be a baby machine. You're here to be baby machine arm candy. Shut up. Don't have opinions. You're not getting any money from us eventually. We're gonna, he's going to find a younger version of you eventually. And you're not getting anything from us. So just make your baby and go on your way. Yeah, it's, it's, it, But it is interesting that he'd be like, what was she What was she putting on before they got married? You know, who was she pretending to be that made him fall so in love with her? You know, who, because Hunter? I, Yeah, at this point. Who I was think, she? I think, I'm, I'm interested to know like what she was like before, what, how much she was putting on before she really started to break. Well, we find out, you know, she's got a big secret. Definitely. We don't find out until almost the movie's over. But and she was still obviously living for a long time in this other yeah. uber universe of her own. You he know, smelled, he smelled someone he could control. Like, yeah. I got someone who's going to be really easy to manipulate. Yeah. Victims fight or flight, I guess, too. That's true. Yeah. On, her, on her part. Yeah. Definitely. Don't worry. I'll take care of you. Everything's going to be fine. That's how they got me. Everything's going to be mm-hmm. fine. See, I'll take you away from the bad people and everything's going to be fine. And you don't need those friends anymore. So you should stop seeing them. They make me angry. And then all of a sudden you realize you don't have any friends anymore and you're living in a terrarium somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awful. Creepy. Awful. Girl. And the only one who's not allowed to have boundaries is you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, yeah. just, just the opening scene, the, <laughs> the opening dinner scene. Just when she has to basically beg him for a flower garden in her own yard. So instead of just saying, "Yeah, sure, why not?" to what is essentially just an innocuous idea, he begins to make her justify her position, like pros and cons of the flower bed. And to top, to top it all off, he can't even listen to her response. She gets a few words in, and he has to take a business text. Sorry, honey, this is important. More important than you. I think there's room for a flower bed out back near the pool. I'd like to plant some if that's okay. Oh, yeah? What kind of flowers? Tiger lilies, tulips, morning glories. Sorry, babe, one second. I just got to respond to this. Okay, sure. Great name for a flower, isn't it? Morning glories. Like the glory of an awesome morning. I like mornings more and more these days. This house has great light. 
اتصل وهكي I feel so lucky It's just flowers But no, everything has to be micromanaged And I mean, he pushes her to tell that that story that clearly makes her really uncomfortable about the mentally ill man in her hometown. And and she's immediately interrupted by the the father-in-law anyhow. You know, she can't even get that across. That's that was. Yeah. Painful. You know, Hunter was a crazy kid, too. Tell him about the uh, uh, what was the the guy on the side of the road who. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tell it. No, it's good. It's good. Come on. This is great. It's not really a story. Um, there was this guy, kind of this local nutcase, and he would stand on the side of the road into town and he would blow kisses at all the cars passing by. And at first he scared me because he had this beard and dirty hair and bad teeth. Uh, it was like this religious calling or something. He had to. Uh, oh, by cases. the way, Richie, uh, before I forget. But she, when she takes control of the situation by deciding, I'm going to eat this ice really loudly, and now they're all listening to me. I've got <laughs> everybody's attention for the first time. Internet. The Sahara it's somewhere. It's fine. I don't care. I don't think there's anything. This ice is totally awesome. Mm. This ice is totally awesome. What I think is fascinating about this character is that she's beautiful and she's lovely. It can see there's somebody smart in there, but it's someone who was never encouraged to be smart or to show that you're smart. Because I know I know plenty of women that grew up that way. No, don't be smart around boys. They don't like that. Right. Dumb it down. Never been. Challenge it challenged you to be herself. Now you get the impression that the way she grew up, she was worked hard to be the perfect daughter, the perfect sister, because she doesn't, you know, because of her secret, she doesn't quite fit in with the rest of her family. No, she does not. No, she does not, and she never will. That's something you just don't overcome, and that kind of that also the kind of base fear is like they don't accept me. You don't ever really overcome, no matter how hard. You fight it. Okay. Since we keep talking about it, what's her big secret? We're not, we're, this, this is not a movie to spoil. It's an experience in and of itself, so I'm not worried about you know, giving away details. But what's her big secret? Well, her big secret is that she's, she's the product of her mother being raped. And she thinks she's dealt with it because she thought about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has not dealt with it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just that, always that nagging fear that I'm not one of them. They don't really love me. I'm not part of them. Or worse, what if I'm like him? Right. And that was an intense scene. Yes, Dennis that O'Hare showing up in the was last a reel. Really intense scene. I was like, oh my God, it's going to be a very bad birthday party. I know. <laughs> I, was, I was a little thrown that his character's name was Bill this, Irwin, which is one of my favorite characters. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Bill Irwin is a rapist? What? No. No, but I mean, no. that. That was such a surprise. You know, like you said before, Alan, this movie does not go where you think it's going to go. And that confrontation no, no. did not go any of the ways I thought it might go. No. Because those those confrontations have always been shown. It's almost like a final girl finale. She's always going to kill them or do something. Yeah. You know, to, to, to the aggressor from the past. And 
she just needed to hear a couple words. Like for her, I'm sorry was really enough for her. That's mm-hmm. how beaten down her life's been too. Like yeah. I'm, I'm sorry was enough. That was wow. She let him go. And you're not she like me. Let him go. She yeah, and she let him go, which yeah. is shocking. I was like, I thought she'd at least get a good like knife in the gut before she left or something. But yeah, <laughs> don't touch me. Keep your voice down. I will do whatever the fuck I want. I make the rules here. I'm in charge, okay? Say it. Say it. <laughs> okay, you're in charge. Yeah, but in, no, a, in its no, own way, no. that it's its own she's knife in the gut. She's a real lady about it. <laughs> in its own way, it's its own knife in the gut because you just showed up at a birthday oh. party and, and then your wife has got a million questions because apparently your wife oh, doesn't yeah, know that you're a convicted that's... rapist. Exactly. Yeah. And that, oh God, it was so uncomfortable. So yeah. uncomfortable, but kind of great too. For a split second, when his wife showed up, I, I don't have her name in front of me, but I know her from Oz. She was on Oz forever. Mm-hmm. Wonderful actress, whose name is Luna Lauren Velas. Uh, she was also on Dexter, um, Ugly Betty, How to Get Away with Murder, and uh, she was in the first Purge movie. When she showed up, I thought it was the therapist. It's like what? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. But it wasn't. It wasn't. But what I think is also awful and which resonated with me a lot is that she's got nobody in this world that she can trust, not even her therapist. Right. It's a therapist where she's having all these personal confrontations. My parents did this shit when I got sick. They wanted to sit in on everything. I'm like, take control of everything. And now we just want results. Like, what's the quickest way to get in bed? I'm like, no, 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 but we're paying for this. No, no, we got to see the best doctor and but who's going to do this the quickest. But how about the guy's going to do it the best? Mm. Boy, and that family never lets her forget that they're paying for everything. Well, I would think medication first, right, Alice? I mean, just to settle her down. I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but I am paying for this. So results. We want results. I think it might be better if I met with Hunter alone for a bit. Uh, no. No, I'm going to stay. Yeah, just to make sure that she's... I'm okay. Really? All right. Okay. We'll be right outside. No, and my family did the same thing. They were getting information from my doctor that I did not authorize to give to him. And then I found out in this weird way, like, I could not have, I could not have social workers from the local uh, AIDS organizations coming to the house to have, you know, whatever meetings they needed to have with me because they were embarrassed. I couldn't have any mailings coming because they didn't want the they didn't want to see the, the return address because then the mailman would know. But then I opened the door one day to talk to the mailman and the mailman's like, oh, I heard you were really sick. My brother had that. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You told the mailman. Oh, Which is the no. same scene as that dinner party scene. You've told <sighs> everybody, everybody and you've told your version of it, which is I'm going to be dead in a year instead of what the doctor's actually saying. that It's a miracle that I'm alive and nobody knows why I'm still here. And let's celebrate that. No, so everyone else has got this terrible version of what's going on. It's just I, that just really run with me. How you've got nobody on your side. I'd rather no one know. <laughs> Are you mad at me? Oh, everybody here cares. They care big time. Your food's a big hit. It's a huge hit. You should be happy about that. I can't believe you fucking told me. Okay. Can you please not ruin my birthday? We'll talk about this later. Okay. The, one of the inciting answers is this, is that the mother-in-law comes in in her own bossy way. I love that she let herself into the house. Oh, I let myself in. 
It's my house. Mm, yeah. My house. It's really not your house. It's my house. But she lets herself in right. to give her a baby book. This helped me. <laughs> Sorry, darling. I let myself in. You gave me such a fright. Obviously. I just wanted to bring this over. Self-help book. I read it when I was pregnant, and it really helped with the postpartum. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I'm making lunch. Grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup. Can you stay? Oh, I wish I could. I can make something else. No, 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 no. Don't bother. I better be going. And in the book is a piece of advice. Every day do something unexpected. And that's what starts this whole swallowing incident. Yep. The swallowing thing. That's the unexpected thing she does every day. And the first thing she swallows is a little marble. Yes, from that glass box that's on the coffee table, that weird glass box full of small objects, the kind of display item that sane poor people don't have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which in some way I was like, that's going to be like a candy dish for her this whole movie. She's like, what have we got in here today? <laughs> Pop that <laughs> but no, she's like bigger, better things. But it's a wonderful scene too when she swallows, she swallows that pill. It's almost like communion. Yeah. The way it shot, the look on her face, and then that wonderful like mm, delight that I just did that. I did that. And she's so happy. She almost tells her husband about it. Where am I going with this? No, it's just she did something unexpected. I think she surprised even herself. Granted, it was not the healthiest thing she could have done for herself. But yeah, at least she starts with something innocuous enough. A glass marble, you know, it's non-reactive. It's smooth. It's round. It'll go straight through you. Not a problem. As we we learn, because we get to watch it go straight through her. (laughs) But that pushpin, that was tough. Oh, the pushpin. Point first. That's what got me. Mm-hmm. And she could and, and she couldn't do it at first. She had to spit it out, and then it had to sit there on the table. Mm-hmm. And she just had to stare at it and think about it. It's like an alcoholic thinking, 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 thinking. Got to have it. Got to have it. And then she got it through. You know, yes. it's, it's like, yeah. And then so proud of herself that she was able to swallow it with very little wincing and pain. Yeah. And we're not getting a blow by blow, play by play account of everything that she swallows. But it's documented in a lovely way with this menagerie that she has on her dresser. Like all the little things that she swallowed get set up. As, as well as the operating <laughs> table, too, <laughs> with the little tray. They just keep taking more things out of her. Yeah. I was really impressed. By, do you think she actually swallowed that top half of a Hummel figurine that was I on know, the end? I noticed that. Thing that was on, the thing that was on the far right. I was like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's huge. It looked like the, maybe have. the top of a ballerina or something. But you know, you, you look online and you see like these x-rays of things people swallow and it's shocking. Yeah. You know, at first I thought it's, oh, dogs, they'll swallow anything. They're like, oh, no, no, humans swallow these things. And there'd be like a figurine, a flashlight, <laughs> something. And this is... <laughs> Orally, not insert. Never mind. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> Thank you. That's a different website altogether. I know, I know. But I'm not. That's, a, that's apparently the movie I'm Butt Boy, saying. which all the straight boys are giggling over. <laughs> apparently there's a movie similar to this with a guy who can't stop shoving stuff up his butt. The straight oh, boys think it's hilarious. I'm not watching that. that too. Yeah. But she doesn't want to swallow what people are telling her to swallow, like that TV commercial about the packaging up your placenta Oh, that, yeah, that on top of all of that. That was so. <laughs> However, she's that is there a wa- real thing. She's watching that thing where they're where they're cutting up the placenta and like cooking it, and she's just shoving cheese balls. 
Well, the, ed- the <laughs> editing good for you. Good for you. The editing on this was really primo. I mean, such a beautiful edit job they did. It was cut together so well. Like it could have been a silent film. You wouldn't even need much words. No, not many, just to not really many. follow what was going on till the end. But I did find it a little bit confusing at times trying to figure out how much time was passing. And yeah. I think part of that was the the scene where she's looking at herself in the mirror when she's with the yellow bra and panties on. I think what she's doing is she was actually like stick pushing out her gut to picture what she would look like in a few months, because um, it it sound it seems like from what happens at the end is that this probably all takes place in the span of maybe a month mm. between when she finds out she's pregnant and when she leaves. Yeah, I don't know the details about how those pills that come up at the end work so, or how late you can use them. But uh, Latest is about 11 weeks. Okay. Okay. So. Ooh, yeah, that ending. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. We're not there yet, but yeah. My favorite scene in this is where she's eating the book. Yes. She's playing some happy indie music and she's like reading a page and she finishes a page and she eats the page. I'm like, that is fantastic. I love that. <laughs> Just happy as a clam. Right. Although I'm sitting, I'm like, she can't put that in the collection. That's going to be stained when it comes. No, out no, no, that's all right. That's all right. That can get, that, 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 they'll go all the way through. They'll be fine. But no, I love that. There's, there's so few moments where she's genuinely happy. And that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's peaceful. Yeah, uh-huh. She's peaceful. She's happy. I mean, that's what I would want to do with that book. <laughs> that my controlling mother-in-law gave me. Yeah. Here, this helps me. This helped me. Therefore, you must read it. So. Oh, gosh. I'm just looking at quotes. I want to stop. I want to stop to make Richie happy. Mm. Not to make me happy, not not for the safety of the baby, but to make Richie happy. So we can go back to how it was. We can like, go back. Oh, gosh. How was <sighs> it exactly? <laughs> well, you, you shut up. You vacuumed. You got my dinner to me on time. You made sure that all the little leaves of the green shit were exactly in the right place that I won't notice anyway. But I'll mm. notice if they're not. That sort of a thing. He's awful. He's awful. Yep. So awful. I'm glad she ironed his tie. my tie. <laughs> Thank you. We both went for the tie. Babe? Babe, did you iron this tie? Uh, yeah. It was wrinkled. You can't iron a tie like this. It'll permanently damage the silk. It has to be steamed. You see? Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Do you have another tie you can wear? Not one that goes with this shirt. <sighs> Fuck. What the hell am I going to do? Oh, yeah, the fit he had over that tie, and it was the only tie he could wear with that specific designer shirt. That, that was that so light, That plain blue shirt. That, yeah, with anything. Just, just <laughs> crazy, man. I was like, it's like, what'd you marry her for? Like, really? What do you want her for in the first place? I just and yell at her like this. I guess. I mean, I guess it's just father like son. Like, yeah, like I guess there's there's no soul in any of those people. I get just as much pleasure when you fuck up as I do when you follow the rules. It's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was just the night before that he was telling her she couldn't do anything wrong if she tried. Except this one thing. And maybe this other thing over here. And that scene, even at the scene after she swallows the tack. And she has that lovely scene where she's looking at her body that you mentioned, and she's got her yellow underpants on. So she's in her morning glory. She's very happy. And then it cuts to see where he brings all those dudes home, and he didn't call. Nope. Yeah. He doesn't even check on her to see if she's okay. Be like, hey, honey, I brought. Her. No, no. It's so she, 
it's so not her house. It's so not anything. It's just so not a part of his world except when he needs to be. Except oh, you're in the bathroom. I need to get in this bathroom because this giant house doesn't have any other bathroom. I have to be in the one that you're in right now. Yeah. Come out. The come out. Come out. No come windows. out. Or at least uh, the, the one we see her in at first doesn't have any windows. At a certain point, uh, she gets into a bit of trouble because uh, she goes, oh, when she goes for her um, sonogram. Uh, sonogram. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And the sonogram. And all that metal shit in her system do not get along very well. No, no. They press fairly hard with those wands. Yeah, and they're ma- they're super magnetic, right? No, um, no. It's not that they're magnetic. It's just that she's, you know, the intestines are overlaid over the uterus in part. So, you know, they have to push down to kind of push things out of the way. But there's, yeah. there are things in her intestines that should not be there. No, this is how they find out that she's got this problem. And um, where was I going with this? Oh, that he, oh, I, I'm guessing it's that he yells at her that this is the sort of thing you tell someone before you get married. Yeah. As if she had any way of knowing that this yeah, would happen. Like, exactly. It's one of the few times she raises her voice to him. She's like, I didn't even know it was a thing. What is wrong with you? Huh? Really? Really? I, I am trying to understand. All right. Why? Why? Why would you do something like this? I mean, what the fuck is wrong with you? I don't know. I just... I I wanted to do it. And so I did it. Oh, that's a great excuse. I've never even heard of this pika thing. Just stop raising your voice. You know what? This is the kind of thing that you're supposed to tell somebody about before you get married. You should have told me about this. I didn't know about it! Oh, that's such bullshit, Hunter! All right, don't fucking lie to me like that! I'm so sorry. I've never done anything like this before. I can't. I can't help it. <sighs> Shit. What the fuck is wrong with you? Stupid fucking rocks. Yeah, sure. Just have me fucking pay for everything. It's fine. You don't know why. No, you're just sitting here at home all day making scrapbooks and picking up fucking curtains. I know, right, honey? Before you come home, bring me home a bag of nails. <laughs> you know? You stop at the hardware store on the way home. The real shiny silver ones, the stubbier ones. <laughs> These are bolts! <laughs> <laughs> I wanted screws! <laughs> but anyway, that's when they find out there's a problem. And now everybody's in on the problem, and everybody's got their own solution to the problem. And it's awful. It's awful. It's awful. She's just... Mm have that wall of people all the time. I know that really well. Just <laughs> that was my family when I got really sick and they were not helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've talked about it on the show before. I said if I stayed in that house, I would have died. They were they were in fact doing their best what they thought was the best but saying you're the way you're acting, I'm never going to get well and that's where she is and she knows it. Right. And it was hard to for me to watch. This is when it's hard for me to talk about. I'm getting understandable. The, the, understandable. Yeah. And I mean, the last thing thing you want at the psychiatrist's office is to have your husband and your father-in-law there with you. And Richie doesn't want to leave. Yeah, I'm paying for this. So what's going to get the best results? I don't want to talk about a long game thing. I want this cured in a week. Not how it works. Not Not what's going to be for Hunter. Just what's going to stop this inconvenient problem we're having. Until we get the baby out of her and then we can lock her up wherever she needs to go and he can marry somebody better. That's what really all they care about. They, oh gosh, the see where he's like, we was, you see, 
I forget where it was in the movie, but he's cuddled up behind her and he's holding her and he's going, I love you. I love you so much. But he's patting the belly. I'm like, he's not talking to her. He's not talking to her. He's talking to the baby. And I think he tossed in, I love you too. To make it sound like it was the baby. I'm like, no, you're the you too, Hunter. Mm-hmm. You're the you too. And I don't mean the band because that would be weird. <laughs> I don't know what that I'm That would saying. be a very crowded bed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, could you please not ruin my birthday? Uh. Oh. oh, that's what I wanted to get to. That's what I wanted to get to. I'm sorry. Now I remember where I was. When the family finally finds out that there's a problem, they hire a nurse. Nurse Louie. Hi. Nice to meet you, Louie. Hi, Louie. Louie. Who is he? Louie's going to be helping out around the house. He's a nurse, a live-in nurse. He was great with me, Ma. Very sensitive. Doing what exactly? I'm not a senior citizen. Look, I gotta work. I can't be here 24-7. So he's here to keep an eye on me. No, he's here as a resource. If you're tired, he can cook for you. He can go to the store and get you things. What, is he gonna be pulling stuff out of my hands? Okay, okay, just relax, babe, okay? Mom? Mom, can you come and explain this, please? This was your idea, and I just can't deal with this right now. You know, I had help around the house when I was pregnant. It really takes the pressure off. Plus, you're still recovering from your little stay in the hospital. Honey, Louie is the best there is. Help us help you. It was really more of a... A, a prison guard. And I want to bring him up because I used to study with him at the Esper studio, uh, Leif Nathke. Oh, wonderful, really? talented actor. Yeah, he's on Rami on Hulu. Oh. Plays Uncle Nassim on there. That's right. And That's right. He's done a bunch of movies. Very talented guy. Like he's used to be a he's a used to be a professional bodybuilder. So he's this gentle giant. Actually, he was the only sympathetic man. character in the entire film. The only one, aside from the psychiatrist, partially. Wept. Like right. a baby when he crawled under the bed with her and just put his yes. hand under her shoulder. It's the oh, only yeah. sympathy she yep. gets the whole movie. And I'm, I'm going again. Here I go. Here I go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I didn't like him at first because they have that talk at the kitchen counter. Where he's he's a prison guard. He's not a nurse. Not have this mind problem. Yeah. Mr. Richie would not like. Mr. Richie do not like this. He would not have this. Mm-hmm. He would not, yeah. He's not there for her. He's there for him. And after yeah. what that, that scene where he. Oh, God where Richie finds out from the psychiatrist about the rape and his solution is to go buy her something. Oh, there you are. Uh, I'm off to the gym. I'm, I'm gonna get you something today. Whatever you want. You want a, a dress or necklace? You name it, it's yours, anything. Bracelet? Bracelet. Bracelet, oh, okay, done. Yeah. Welcome to my family again. You got a problem? Let me buy you something. You stop complaining? Sure. Here's a, have a bracelet. Have something expensive. Here's something shiny. She has that wonderful scene where she hears, where she's overhearing the conversation, where she realizes she's betrayed by the psychiatrist and that her husband knows now and she's crying, but she's been working in the garden and she's wiping away the tears. and With just the mud. Yeah, and just smearing mud all over the face at the same time. Wonderful. And she winds up crying, hysterical crying, and hiding under the bed like a two-year-old. Yeah. Because it's just and too overwhelming. Is, yeah. And the nurse is just like, would you please come out, Mr. Richie, no like, very dusty <laughs> under here, perhaps I clean later. And he crawls under the bed with her. And you have to understand, Leif 
is short, but he's huge. That bet must have been six feet off the ground for him to get under there. <laughs> <laughs> but he crawled in, but just stayed with her and put his hand on his shoulder. It's a wonderful mm-hmm. scene of tenderness in this crazy, Which, crazy yeah, I was not expecting. I was expecting him to either lift the end of the bed up and drag her and out wait yeah. for her to come out or to yeah. drag her out by her ankles. Yeah. And he crawls in next to her and he pats her shoulder and he says, you know, it's OK. You're OK. You're safe. And I was just like, suddenly I love Louie. Suddenly I kind of love this guy, you know. Hunter, you all right? Under the bed, go away. You seem upset. No shit, Sherlock. Please come out, Mr. Ritchie wouldn't like this. No. Bloody dusty here. <coughs> Maybe I'll clean later. Maybe I'll clean the whole room. Yeah, he's so maybe not her enemy after all. No, no, not fully, not fully. He's a he's a real, he he's got to hide as well. But she has another relapse right after this because she's been hiding rocks under the toilet. Yeah, she's got her little stash. She has her of the toilet. She has her, she has her uh, stomach pumped again. So their solution is well, we're going to have to lock her away. Oh, no, wait. After she comes out of the after she first comes out from under the bed, she runs to the kitchen and she gets that that screwdriver. That oh, right, 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 right. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, she does like one to take apart your laptop or your glasses with. Yeah, yeah. She does that one big thing that puts her in the hospital again and they decide they're going to oh. lock her up now until the baby comes. And, you know, once that baby comes, she's never getting out of there. Yeah, they are never letting yeah. her out. Of there. Or if she ever does get out of here that out of there. They're never going to let her see her own baby. Oh, no. No, no, no. So. But fortunately, she's got an ally. Uh, Nurse Louis, uh, Louis helps her escape. And then we're in a whole new movie. <laughs> Completely. We're in a whole new movie. Yeah. That whole puts s- his mask down. <laughs> that scene with them on the phone. I love you, baby. Please come home. I really, really miss you. I miss us. You know, I, I want things to go back the way it used to be. Just come back. I swear things are, are going to be different. We can go anywhere that you want to. Just, I love you. Within sentence, I love you, baby. Please come home to I'll hunt you down, you fucking useless cunt. Yeah. Wow. So what are you going to do? You know, you going to live on the street? it is ever going to get. You come back. You come back. 
or I will hunt you down. I'll fucking hunt you down, you ungrateful cunt. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? You have no talent. You can't do anything. You fucking useless piece of crap. Awful. Awful. See, like, there he is. There's the fucker. That's the true colors right there. Yeah. What I love, yeah. What I love too, her response. She goes, he goes, I'm going to hunt. If you don't come home right now, I'm going to hunt you down, you fucking cunt. And she went, okay. And hung up. Yep. Come yeah. again. It was the sweetest sound in the world where he tells her to come home and she says, no. One of the most horrific scenes in this for me was in that hotel. <laughs> this is me being stupid too. Was in the hotel room where she's watching TV and she's got her spread of dirt, like popcorn. Out. Yeah, and she's picking oh, yeah. through it. She's picking through it like jelly beans, like looking for the good spot. But it's also on the the, the motel coverings. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> you're eating a lot more than dirt. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're eating a crime well, she, scene at the same time. She's smart enough to sleep on top of it rather than under it. Mm. 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 <laughs> But yeah, still not a great either, idea. Either way, the black light is having a field day in this scene. Yeah, she should have at least swallowed her diamond bracelet before she left or something. She should have been smart. <laughs> she should have been a little smarter. Oh, yeah, that's right. Swallow those jewels and run. <laughs> I got my secret stash. Exactly. She could get him later. And gross. Well done, Alan. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's what I do. Practical but vile. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so now she's she's gone to confront her her real father, this rapist. And we talked about this scene already, this wonderful scene with uh, Dennis O'Hare from uh, American Horror Story and a million other things. And at the yeah. same time, she's getting rid of the baby. Yeah. 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 I wasn't let... expecting that either. <laughs> no. no what, it was it such an interesting way to end the film in this restroom next to a food court <coughs> in a mall. That's right. She took the first pill and then went to visit him. Correct. I think, yeah, because it was 24 hours. Yeah, it was 24 hours. And then had to finish off the other four with it. Yeah. I thought it was after she visited him. Was it after she visited? I'm sorry. It's so Like I said, occasionally the the editing I thought was a little bit confusing as to like which, what day, how many days it's been. It's been overnight or just a few hours later or what. No, but she terminates the pregnancy with with the uh, morning after pills. And it's just such a curious way to end the film because that's how it ends it just ends with her leaving the restroom and just just seeing life going on well like that this. was so crazy about the end credits it was like three minutes of end credits of women just going in and out of stalls in the bathroom and just yeah that's all it was it was done yeah. it was over so, so it's like huge, con- this continue. huge catastrophic event just happened just a life happened. just began a life just ended in that stall and nobody notices right. just another yeah. day in the restroom mall oh wow i read that totally differently How'd you read it? You know, she's she ends the movie by swallowing something else to ah, to get her dang. freedom. Yeah. And but also bathrooms, you know, I think for most women, the bathroom is is kind of a safe space. Mm-hmm. And it's where you go when you when you can't keep it together emotionally and you need mm-hmm. to kind of have somewhere to to gather yourself and it's sometimes it's a place where women comfort each other you know there's been mm. more than once i've walked into a public restroom and there's one woman crying and there's two other women like patting mm. on the shoulder and saying it's okay honey it'll be okay you know kind of it, thing i never would have thought it like that because not a woman yeah that's interesting i like that speaking of which i want to talk about the director carlo mirabella davis i had misunderstood exactly 
exactly what his story was. I had read initially that while he directed this film, he was presenting as a woman and is now presenting it as a man. That uh-huh. is not true. That is not true. He previously in life, like in, the, uh, in his 20s, he lived for four years presenting as a woman and now does not. And now he, he has – I couldn't find much about it. There was just one article that I found talking about it. Like, I didn't have the dialogue that we have now about you know, gender nonconforming and gender bending and gender fluid. Didn't have that dialogue. And I'm gonna, I, maybe I'd be a very different person now if I had. And it just you know, thought you – know, just another angle on this movie about you know, being a prisoner. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Another angle to look at the movie. And oh, I, yeah. As, as a metaphor, it definitely it, – it works for a whole bunch of things. Yeah. Definitely. Silence. Silence. <laughs> Silence. I'm trying to like make sure that, we, that, that everything that really spoke to me that, that we talked about it. I was just looking over my notes, but it's just the – you know, I just can't uh, – I'm still coming to terms with the fact that the – the way she gets peace is by confronting her biological father and that he's the one who can tell her that she's okay. And that's, that's when she feels like she can get on with her life. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, I feel a couple kinds of ways about that. You know, I'm still not sure where I've landed. Yeah, I get that. I get that. It's a really weird way to come to terms with yourself. But on the other hand, you can't really, dictate how people find peace either if that's what she needed that's what she needed i mean i don't think she even knew what she needed that until she stood there and that question came out of her mouth because he never heard her mention that problem before you heard her talk about the rape and how everybody's okay with it and you know my parents are really cool about it i mean you know my parents are you know my mom was bible thumping against abortion so you know they kept me and here i am ta-da everything's fine and (laughs) they'll they love love me. me they'll take me home anytime and then it turns out they don't you know, when she runs away, she tries to go home, and her mom's like, no, your sister's here. Hi, Mom. What's up? Hi, honey. Nice to hear your voice. Uh, listen, I need to come see you. It's kind of an emergency. Of course. It'll be good for us to spend some time together. Really? You want me to? Sure, doll. You're always welcome. It's just your sister's here with a new baby, and it's a little bit crowded. Please. I won't get in the way. There's just no room, doll. Well, you know, in in a, in a sense, maybe too. Maybe she thought she realized after t- trying to make so many changes in herself, and here she has this man that was really the catalyst of her entire life, standing right there in front of her. And she had that opportunity. She had that power to really destroy everything in front of her, right there, if she mm-hmm. wanted to. But she decided not to. She really found herself to be an even better person than that, and didn't yeah. do it. You know, so maybe that's where that's coming from too. She just. For herself, for her own, you know, well-being yeah. inside, she didn't need to go that far. She, she, had, she'd arrived. I'm also, you know what just, I mean? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I'm also just thinking things through. I'm thinking like at how she, her behavior throughout the movie and how she's been rebelling against this life. I'm sure she's got doubt, like doubt and guilt, but this, like, me, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right thing to do? Am I the monster? 
Yeah. Am I really this horrible person? Are they really just a wonderful people? And I'm just, I don't see it anymore. Am I, am I really that awful that nobody can possibly love me unless I do exactly what they say? And then finally somebody said, you're good. Yeah. The person who scares me the most just said, you're, you're okay. You're okay. Are you ashamed of me? Hmm. What I did? you say it. You're not me. You, you didn't do anything. And I have nothing like me. And he even has that line. He has a line where he's talking about the rape before he got caught, before he got prosecuted for the rape. He's like, walking around with a secret made me God. I had so much power holding on to a secret. And that's where she's been the whole movie. He made me feel special. <laughs> a secret makes you strong, you know? Everybody thought I was this regular guy, you know? But I was important inside. I was fucking powerful. I was God. <laughs> and, um, and then I went to jail. And I got shitbagged in jail. Yeah, they beat me so bad I had to wear a colostomy bag. And then I realized what it was. I was not God. I was shit. Like this mm. secret, every time she does this, this she comes a little mm. bit more power, a little bit more power, a little bit more power. And she's she, not saying that she's becoming a God. or she, it, went, it went sour on her. Like she took it in a twisted place and she took it somewhere else. I'm coming together rather than falling apart. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, this is a really hard movie for me to talk about, and I'm glad you two are here. Tell me Thank through. you. It's, it's, it is a hard movie to talk about. I still have to think about it some more. But I, like I said, I would say I've been dealing with a lot of crap, and you keep hearing me stopping and starting. And that's, that's all right. Like just doing the thing where I sit on all the emotions because if I let them out, they're not going to stop. But and, it's moved you, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I think it's yeah. a fabulous film. It's a fabulous film. So much to talk about. And I, I hope more people see it because uh, I'm not hearing anybody talking about it. No, not at all. Not at all. But I don't hear I, anyone talking about anything this year, really, film-wise. You know? I, figured <laughs> this, I, figured this one, I figured this one with the gender nonconforming director that all the other queer, podca queer horror podcasts would be leaping on it, and they're not. So I figured, here we are. Got here first, but what does that mean? Because I don't know what we've done. It means winner. <laughs> we won. It's our movie now. Stake it. <laughs> but it's a powerful film, not for everybody. Is it a horror movie? I don't know. Sure. Yeah, Some that people, might be why the other, you know, the horror themed shows haven't touched it yet because it, I, I 
think that it's horror, but it's, it's real not the <laughs> traditional. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's real, real life, life horror. horror. It's not jump scare horror. And it's not nobody, stuff that's going to give you nightmares in two weeks. But and real life horror is the worst. It's the yeah. worst. It really is. Yeah, I'd much rather I'd much rather be chased through the woods with an axe. You know, and then I'll <laughs> note that on your file. Only deal with some of this. Alan yes. through woods with axe. axe. Okay, that got that. Next I got birthday. that. It, it's a verbal One. contract. It's binding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, uh, and that she doesn't become this Rambo esque final girl. I'm a feminist power symbol. Gives, uh, by the end of it, just gives you a lot to think about. That it's just the human condition and just how strong a person can really be without having to be so overly demonstrative about it. You can just settle in your mind and move on. I think she did. It was that, it was that subtle of an end that it left me kind of like, wow, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. This, yeah. It was, it was this very tragic ending and it seemed going, she's going to be okay after this. She could be okay. Yeah. yeah. But she's she got no ties up, to them but, anymore. But she, she did mess everybody else up for a long time and that's kind of good. You know what? They deserve it. Yeah. They yep. did. You know, they, they did. <laughs> they all deserve it. You know what? I think that's a perfect place to wrap up. Okay. Thank you very much, Alan um, and Nicole, for joining you, us. Alan, where can people find out more about you and see some of your movies? Well, at this point, you know, I'm just, I'm basically on Facebook and Instagram. That's kind of it. And, um, oh, you know, I have movies on, um, all my movies are on uh, Amazon Prime and, you know, all through there. But, you know, come to me and I'll let you send because the distributors get the money. I don't. So, okay. <laughs> You heard that, that's you. that's a topic for another time. <laughs> and Nicole Davis, where can people find out more about you and the movie Go Round? Well, you can find Movie Go Round with pretty much any podcast app. Um, you can find me on Letterboxd, uh, Letterboxd.com under Nicole underscore Davis. And uh, I don't know. I don't want to give out my Twitter handle because I just it's just all progressive <laughs> antics. It's a cesspool over there. Don't bother. <laughs> yeah. It's gross. It's an ugly, oh, ugly place. Don't, do <laughs> don't do it. It's for it's for gross people who are gross. All right. Thank you very much. I love you both. Thank you for joining nice me and for kicking off Women in Horror Month. Enjoy the rest of everything. I got Thank nothing. Thank you. We're, we're, what a weird way to say goodbye. Mwah. <laughs> Bye-bye, Patrick. Bye, Nicole. Okay, that was fabulous. Thank you once again to my special guests, Alan Roe Kelly and Nicole Davis. And be sure to check out Nicole on the Movie Go Round podcast. They check out a wide range of movies every week, so many different kinds of movies, and they speak about them succinctly and intelligently. And then the audience, once a month, gets their revenge by picking the movie for them, and it's always something deliciously awful. And it's so much fun to hear them suffer. Yay! Movie Go Round podcast, check it out. Now, this movie, Swallow, it touched on a lot of very sensitive topics. They are very real topics, and they're very serious and potentially deadly topics. So if you or anyone you know is involved in an abusive relationship, you can get help. Visit StopRelationshipAbuse.org for more info. Or if you're queer, check out the Anti-Violence Project. There's more info at www.avp.org. They are New York City-centric, but if you call them, they will direct you to an organization near you that can help your specific needs as a queer person. If you're suffering from an eating disorder or you know someone who is, check out nationaleatingdisorders.org. And if you've been the victim of sexual violence, please contact the National Sexual Violence Resource Center at www.nsvrc.org survivors. They provide helpful, essential information for sexual assault survivors, where to get help, what you can do, and resources for healing. All of these links 
and information will be there in the show notes. So please, please don't go through this alone. There's help out there. There's help to be had. All you have to do is ask for it. So like I said, it's been a while since I recorded that session with Alan and Nicole. So I've had a lot of time to think about the movie and stuff that stirred up in me and interpretations of it and things like that. One of the things that has surprised me that in the weeks since, people have a different opinion of it than we did, particularly the ending. We all seem to come to the conclusion that Hunter getting rid of the baby and starting over was a jerk ending, but an optimistic one. A lot of people see the complete opposite. I've seen so many discussions of the film now where people think that her life is ruined. Now she's literally in the toilet. And this is why I love films that don't tell you what to feel or how to think or let you fill in blanks for yourself. Last time when we talked about Last Girl Standing, Kevin was particularly upset that they didn't give a backstory for Cameron for anything before that night of the massacre. And I danced around the subject. I didn't have the thought completely formed. I, it didn't come out the way I thought. Uh, I, I didn't have the thought fully formed in my head yet, how I wanted to respond to that. What I felt was that you don't know anything about her before then because I think I said it because it doesn't matter. You know, now that she's a survivor, she's somebody. That's not quite what I'm feeling now. I realized now, based on my own personal experience, when somebody goes through a traumatic incident, a major traumatic incident, that's all they're defined by. It didn't matter who you were before. Now you're always going to be the girl who survived. Or you're the guy with AIDS. Or the guy who had the car accident. Oh, the guy who lost his arm. Or the girl who lost the baby. Whatever. That's what's always first and foremost to people's minds. It doesn't matter that you were, you know... I don't know, a Broadway star or a successful real estate agent or anything. It's just, oh, you're that person. Mm. The tragedy is what people remember or what people know you by. And I say that this ties into Swallow as well. Just like, For instance, um, Hunter has that dirty secret, what she thinks is a dirty secret, that she was a product of rape, that if ever, anybody knows that, that's all they're going to know. That's all people are going to know her as. And then when her, her, her illness is revealed, it's the same thing. Oh, God, now everybody knows. That's all anybody's going to think of me. And that is a crippling place to be. And that will keep you from getting help. And I know that because I've been there. It took a long time for me to realize that the relationship I was in was abusive emotionally. I thought everything was my fault. Everything that went wrong was always my fault. And I'm the one who's a screw up because I'm the one who was sick. So I'm the one who had brain problems and my brain doesn't always work. Well, does it work all right all the time? And sometimes words come out wrong. And, you know, I can't do math right anymore. And, you know, it's probably my fault. Never dawned on me until I was in a subway station and I saw a poster for the anti-violence project. And it was just a checklist of questions. And if you answered yes to any of them, you might be in an emotionally abusive relationship. I answered yes to all of them. And that's when the light bulb finally went on. And I could speak for the anti-violence project because it was them who I eventually contacted when I started to work up my nerve and make that first phone call, the first terrifying phone call. But they helped. Didn't happen overnight. But they got me out, and they got me out safely. So help is out there, so please seek it. Those are some random final thoughts on Women in Horror Month. And there's no real smooth way to segue out of this. Except I need to segue out of this because I want to read a review. Because a certain certain little fellow named Griffalo left me a review on Podchaser. Five stars. This is a fantastic horror podcast. Patrick recommends great movies, both new and rare gems. He is witty and insightful and was the gateway 
to my podcast addiction. Download all of it and binge it. You won't be disappointed. Griefalo. Griefalo. I am so happy to be your gateway drug. <laughs> I'm the bad influence those nuns always said I was going to be. <laughs> Thank you, Griffalo. That means a lot. So if you want to be like Griffalo, please leave me a review. And you can do it the real super easy way by going to www.lovethepodcast.com slash screamqueens. And when you leave a review there, you can leave it anywhere you want. You can leave it on iTunes, you can leave it on Apple, you can leave it on Podchaser, CastBox, and a whole bunch of other services as well. You don't have to go into iTunes and like wait 20 minutes for the goddamn app to load or whatever you got to do. No, just bing, bang, bong. And it helps the show. It helps our visibility and our credibility. And I'm, I'm courting a sponsor. And if I get some recent reviews, it'll help. So please, www.lovethepodcast.com slash streamqueens. All right, I cannot wrap things up without saying thank you to my partners in crime. And I'm talking about Squadcast. Squadcast provides remote recordings for professional podcasts. You heard this show. We didn't use Squadcast. Now you might think, hey, hey, it didn't sound so bad. Go back and listen to another episode where we did use Squadcast. Do you hear the difference? Yeah. Squadcast not only has premium sound, it also puts all the people that you talk to, everybody comes on a separate track, which means I could do some really, really fancy editing. So when everybody talks at the same time, I could edit stuff and move things around so everybody gets hurt. I can't do that with Skype. No, everything gets smashed together into one thing. That stinks. And also, on Squadcast, if anything went wrong, if somebody lost the internet, everything is immediately backed up. Bang! Everything's safe forever. If that happened on Skype, you're probably going to wind up with a corrupted file. Boo! Yuck! Boo! Yuck! So if you're tired of so-so sound and heartaches for losing files and not being able to make all the voices heard by doing fancy editing because when you get separate tracks, check out Squadcast. You can check it out for free for seven days at bit.ly slash squadqueens. That's bit.ly slash squadqueens for a seven-day free trial. And also to my... Fabulous podcast host, those salsa dancing, backflipping, popping, locking, breakdancing, ninja Jedi Knights, otherwise known as Captivate FM. Captivate FM is the only podcast host that is actively involved in growing your podcast. New features are released almost every week. It just keeps getting better and better and better. And as I say all the time, they make putting up a show so easy, it's almost embarrassing. Compared to what I used to have to do, it ain't nothing but a thing. And if you'd like to check out Captivate FM, you could do that by going to bit.ly slash CaptivateSQ for a seven-day free trial of that too. Oh my goodness gracious me, seven days for free? That's correct, seven days for free at bit.ly CaptivateSQ. So moving forward, what's going to be going on? Here's the thing. I plan to split February, half women in horror month, Half Black History Month. Things got a little effed up back in the day. I had to skip an episode last month and I had to move it to this month. And now I'm in that weird place where the movie I wanted to talk about for Black History Month, I don't think I can get through at this point. I wanted to talk about Antebellum. And I'm in that weird place where I can't watch horror movies again. And this one's, I've, yeah, granted I've seen it before, but this one, it, it's a heavy, heavy film. Also, the guests that I had planned to come on to talk about the show. They're working on a movie now. They got cast in a movie. Some without guests. So I think maybe it's best if I just let it ride. 
let it ride. I was going to try to squeeze a third episode in for February, and I think maybe Patrick, take the time, take care of yourself, and come back strong in March. We can talk about Annabelle when those guys are back. So these two pests, two movies, as you can see, took a toll on me. They were emotionally distressful as hell to get through. So I think in March, I need to take a little walk on the lighter side of things. And to do that, I'm bringing on everybody's favorite Canadian, Michael Howie from the Fur Bears podcast. And we're going to talk about the Irish horror comedy, Extraordinary. And I think that just got put on Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. So that and I'll tie nicely because it's also March, which is Irish Heritage Month and stuff. Okay, if you can't tell, I am emotionally worn out from working on this episode. So I think that means it's time to wrap things up. So if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do that by finding me on Facebook. Do a search on Scream Queens, where horror gets gay, and join the Facebook page. You can find me on Twitter at Scream Queens. Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. And you can join the YouTube channel. That very long link will be down there in the show notes. Please leave a review at lovethepodcast.com slash queens. And if you're not a patron, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, here's what you missed last month. Not only did we get an episode of Damn You, Uncle Lewis, where we talk our Patreon exclusive Friday the 13th, the series retrospective podcast that is premium content on Patreon. You got an episode of that where we talked about the episode Bedazzled, which sadly wasn't about a cursed bedazzler, but was still an awesome episode to talk about anyway. You got that. And also, for the final reel, I had those lovely ladies from the Creepy Kids podcast stop by. And we talked about the runner-up movie from the Listener Choice vote back in December. You know, where you, you all picked Anna and the Apocalypse, but it was really close. And To All a Good Night, the Santa Slasher before Silent Night, Deadly Night, was right there in second place. We talked about that, and we talked about that for three hours. Three hours of Creepy Kids craziness and what's amazing we stayed on topic for like an hour and 40 minutes but it's not like a consecutive hour and 40 minutes but it's 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 a wild episode and it's only for patreon subscribers so if you want to join the club over there you can do that for as little as three dollars a month to access premium content like that and you can do that by going to www.patreon.com slash scream queens and as always that's queens with a z Oh, and whatever you do, please do not forget the fabulous work of Casey Lohman from Evil Goods, who we met earlier in the episode. Check her out. Check out the films of Fright that she designed and all of her work. And you can do that by going to bit.ly slash Femmes of Fright. That's F-E-M-M-E-S of Fright. You can bring home any of the Femmes of Fright on a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or a hoodie or a baseball shirt or a mug or some stickers or a magnet or some wall art or just about anything that you can think of. So go over there and check it out and deck your home with scary ladies because they're awesome. And if you need them, please use those resources for eating disorders, sexual survivors, and abusive relationships that are down there in the show notes. Please, please get help because I want you around and I want you to be happy and feeling fabulous because I already know you're fabulous. I need you to know you're fabulous. And as a matter of fact, it's not just those help resource links that are down in the show notes. All the links that I just rattled through really quickly, they're all down there too. So if you want them, use them. And hey, if you're new here and you had a good time, please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. And hey, if you're an old timer, if you've been around a long time and you think you know someone who'll enjoy this episode, please share it, share it, share the Scream Queen's love with all the world. Everybody look at you funny, but do it anyway. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers continue to make the world a more fabulously creepy place. And never, ever forget that Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight, survive the night, make it to the final reel. 
Wash your fucking hands. Wear a fucking mask. Keep your fucking distance and stay fucking fabulous. See you soon. Mwah! <laughs> The music for tonight's show, unless otherwise specified, has been written by Sam Haynes. You can find all of his music at www.bandcamp.com. Bitches! <laughs> Ew.